Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. And here we go. And once again, that is the sound of rock cracking, and you've got Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. You're listening to us right here on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net. Glad to have you, and yes, we're believe it or not, April 15th is come and gone. I hope you got your taxes in. Whoop, yep, you, you do have a month to wait on that. I think they moved it to May 15th. So, for personal taxes... Uh, they're due now May 15th. So we got another month to breathe before you have to write out the checks or get all the papers together and, and um, get those taxes in. Joe Biden's uh, wanting every penny he can get, and he can't get enough to fulfill all them, all these uh, trillions of dollars that are being printed with nothing to back it up. And we'll have to do a show here in the next few weeks about can a superpower go bankrupt? Well, We'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. But today's show, let me tell you, we got some news that you're just not going to hear everywhere else. It's out there. But who's playing it? Have you heard about what Ted Cruz said on the Senate floor about uh, who President Biden wants in the Justice Department? Number three, very radical, very radical person. And we'll play a clip from Ted Cruz talking about who she is. And then also Representative Mark Wayne Mullen. He confronted FBI Director Christopher Christopher Wray last week in a hearing. And do you think the FBI showed favoritism toward uh, the all the riots going on like in Portland, Oregon all last year? And even this week, even it, it hasn't stopped. And yet... For the people who walked into the Capitol, many of them pushed in, and they shouldn't have been in there, and yet they're getting 25, 30-year sentences, and and just, just it doesn't seem fair. So, uh, you want to hear what uh, Representative Mark Wayne Mullen had to say to Christopher Ray? We'll play a clip for that, because you're not going to hear it anywhere else, so you'll hear it right here on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. Toward the end of the show, we're going to have a crypto corner. There's a, For anybody who wants to keep up with cryptocurrency, there's something out there called Dogecoin. <laughs> and I'm going to fill you in a little bit about that on this week's crypto corner at toward the end of the show. Before we get into that, let me just tell you, last week, also Facebook. Well, what are they doing? We're they're trying to decide that if they're going to let Donald Trump get his page back or not. Former President Donald Trump was uh, banned from Facebook, suspended. And and now they got uh, they gave a 90-day deadline to come up for a decision. And now they're saying, oh, we're going to have to extend that. There's so many uh, responses to look through. 
Well, uh, freedom of speech, freedom of speech is not something that's very well liked there at Facebook. We know that, and uh, so many people have been banned. But well, but not not anybody from Iran, not anybody from Black Lives Matter, not anybody that radically tears down government buildings unless it's the United States Capitol. If you destroy that, but you can destroy all the buildings you want for months and years in Portland, Oregon. And any kind of federal property there, I guess, is fair game. But uh, we'll, we'll uh, let Christopher Ray explain that in just a few minutes here. But Facebook has to make a decision if they're going to let President Trump back on the platform. Um, how many people, raise your hand, how many people think <laughs> Facebook's going to let President Trump back on? Yes, I can even, I can sense the presence of no hands going up. <laughs> Facebook is radical. They're not fair. They're hateful, and uh, for the way they have uh, treated conservatives, it's just flat out unfair. And I, I don't know what will happen, but I doubt seriously they're going to give President Donald Trump, the former president, any kind of platform because uh, they have sold out to the socialists. Oh, they'll give China everything they want. If uh, China just let them over there. So they're, they're trying to, uh, just like Coca-Cola <laughs> coming out, the company Coca-Cola coming out against a law in Georgia that actually strengthens voting, allows more voting, uh, that is not on election day, much more than many states, much more than Delaware, the home state of President Joe Biden. And yet they're talking about boycotting Georgia boycotting events in Georgia because of election law, and they signed deals of China that have done away almost of elections in Hong Kong, and they have nothing like fair elections anywhere in the whole country of China, and yet Coca-Cola won't make a stand for freedom in China, and yet they, they call a law radical and tell people to, to boycott Georgia. Absolutely nonsense. And we'll, we'll look at more and talk about that uh, in some future shows, I'm sure. But let's get to today's show. Let me, let me play this clip for you right here. Take a listen to what uh, Ted Cruz had to say about one of the nominees, Ms. Gupta. There have been a number of questionable nominees put forth by this new administration. But these two nominees may be the two most radical nominees put forth. First, I'd like to talk about Vanita Gupta. Today, we are set to vote on discharging Vanita Gupta's nomination out of the Judiciary Committee. Because Ms. Gupta could not garner a majority vote in the committee on moving her nomination forward to the full Senate. The Judiciary Committee is deadlocked, and for good reason. This nominee's record is that of an extreme partisan ideologue. I can assuredly tell the American people, Ms. Gupta is not a moderate, is not mainstream, but is rather an extreme political activist that the Democrats want to be the number three lawyer at the Department of Justice. When she testified before the Judiciary Committee last month, she consistently dodged questions. She wouldn't answer if she supported any restrictions whatsoever on abortion. She wouldn't answer not partial birth abortion, not anything. 
when it comes to the Second Amendment. I asked Ms. Gupta if she thought the Heller decision, the landmark decision upholding the individual right to keep and bear arms, if that decision was rightly decided. She refused to answer that question. For years, she has demonstrated a persistent hostility to religious liberty, such as when she defended the Obama administration's targeting and persecution of the Little Sisters of the Poor. Not too long ago, religious liberty was a bipartisan commitment in this body. The Religious Freedom Restoration Act was introduced by then-Representative Chuck Schumer, now the Senate Majority Leader. It passed the House unanimously. It passed the Senate 93 to 3 and was signed into law by Democratic President Bill Clinton. Sadly, today's Democrat Party has abandoned religious liberty. That is no longer a commitment. Instead, today's Democratic Party embraces extreme ideas like the Equality Act, which has just come out of the House of Representatives. A radical piece of legislation that, among other things, explicitly repeals major parts of the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, designed to take away your religious liberty. Ms. Gupta has been a vocal defender of the misnamed Equality Act. She lobbied for its passage, a fact that she didn't disclose to the committee initially. When she was before the Judiciary Committee, I asked if she agreed with the provisions in the Equality Act that take away religious liberty protections from Americans. Again, Ms. Gupta refused to answer that question, too. Ms. Gupta has demonstrated radical hostility to school choice, so much so that when she served in the Department of Justice during the Obama-Biden administration, she helped intervene in a case trying to kill a Louisiana school choice program even though many of the African-American parents in Louisiana strongly supported and desperately needed that program. The federal court involved in this case even reprimanded the Department of Justice under her leadership for ineffective lawyering in this case. At the judiciary hearing of Ms. Gupta last month, I asked if she regretted using the Department of Justice to fight against the school choice program that was providing hope and opportunity to low-income minority kids in Louisiana. Again, she refused to provide a straightforward answer. And when it comes to defunding the police, it is here that Ms. Gupta is most radical. Last year, Ms. Gupta, in a written filing with this Senate, encouraged Congress to, quote, re-examine federal spending priorities and shrink the footprint of the police and criminal legal system in this country. I got to jump in here just a minute. Ted Cruz really just puts everything together and he's speaking so well, but we're talking about defunding the police. This is what we, we want the number three at the Department of Justice to be for defunding the police. And this is the premier law enforcement agency. Department of Justice, and they want to defund the police. They don't want to back the police up. They don't want to reform the police. They want the police defunded. Defund the police. That's what this uh, activist who wants to be inside the leadership of the Department of Justice and, you know, the, the, the old uh, saying, personnel is policy. There's a reason they're putting her into the leadership of the Department of Justice. That's what they want. 
the leftist, the socialist, the Marxist. They want her there. Continue on, Senator Cruz. She also encouraged reallocating resources, writing, quote, some people call it defunding the police. Other people call it divest, invest. But whatever you call it, if you care about mass incarceration, you have to care about skewed funding priorities. Now, these weren't Ms. Gupta's college writings. These weren't scribblings on a post-it that she made somewhere. These statements were from last year, submitted to the United States Senate and on their face and unequivocally advocate for defunding the police. There's no question on her record that Ms. Gupta is a hard left partisan radical whose beliefs don't align with the majority of the American people. So why are Democrats so hell-bent on making sure she gets confirmed? Two reasons. Reason number one, headlines. Democrats care so deeply about looking good in the press they continue to press through partisan bills and partisan activists for adulation by an adoring media. Reason two, today's Democrats are beholden to the far left voices in their party and they're fulfilling campaign promises that they made to the radical left. Senator Cruz hit it right on the head. He's so uh, admirably smart in figuring all this out. But the Democrats have made campaign promises to the socialist of their party way beyond left field and that's what the socialists want they want people in places of leadership where they can make policy decisions without having to go through the united states congress without having to go through the u.s supreme court they want power and that's what ted cruz was telling you they want power and they will take power and they will utilize that power. Where Republicans, if they ever get access to power, they tiptoe around, and the, and the media will beat them, browbeat them over and over. The only person that stood up against the browbeating was Donald J. Trump. And, and uh, it looks like, allegedly, they stole an election to get Joe Biden in. If, if they didn't do that, why won't they let people count the ballots like in the state of Arizona, in Maricopa County, where right now, this week, they're supposed to be counting the ballots, and there are Democratic powers down there trying to keep it from happening. I hope, I hope somewhere they'll finally let somebody just check the ballots, make sure they were all legal, make sure nobody slipped in some illegal ballots in. Just let them count. If you won't let people do that, how can we know we have fair elections? It's over. You can't get Joe Biden out of the White House. He's constitutionally in there. Let us know the election was fair. Good gracious. If you're hiding something, oh, maybe they are hiding something. They don't want people to look at the ballots. That's why the Democrats are so upset down in Arizona this week. Well, uh, I hope they'll finally have somebody to scan some ballots and do it legally and real and open where everybody can see it and not be cherry-picking a few ballots here or there what happened in Georgia after the election. Uh, hey, look, <laughs> we got uh, Representative Mark Wayne Mullen talking to the FBI Director Christopher Ray 
asking them questions and that nobody else has asked. The media would never ask real good questions like this. So we're going to play that in the second half. And we have uh, end up the show Crypto Corner about Dogecoin, D-O-G-E-C-O-I-N, Dogecoin. Let me tell you a little bit about it, and uh, that'll sort of wrap us up. But let me remind you right now, you're listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Split and Politics. You're listening to us right here on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net. Glad to have everybody. Tell your friends and neighbors, we have had some great shows lately. Last week, conservative judge, African-American in the state of Pennsylvania, running for the state Supreme Court there, and we know they need some strong conservatives. So Judge Paula Patrick is running, and we had her on last week's show. I had never met her and had heard very little about her, so she's a very impressive candidate there in the state of Pennsylvania. So uh, go back and listen to the archives. Listen to last week's show. And then, a, again, a couple weeks before that, we had a Brock Pierce telling everybody what they needed to know about cryptocurrency. That's why we're doing our crypto corner. What Bitcoin is. What is it? Is this a fad? Or is it something that's going to change? Well, everybody said the Internet was a fad. But it changed our world. This blockchain technology is more than just cryptocurrencies. So, uh, go back if you want to know sort of what what do you need to know. Listen to the archive show we have with Brock Pierce about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and what you should know. And and I'm telling you, I'm not trying to push you into buying anything. I'm not giving any financial advice. I'm here to tell you, blockchain technology is changing our financials. It's changing uh, websites. It's changing the way we're going to be doing business in many ways over the next 10 years. And it's happening now. It's not a fad. It's not going away. Now, Bitcoin, would it go away? I doubt it. But again, it's good to hear what Brock Pierce has to say and the way he tells you what is going on. And he's no conservative, but he's there to talk about the technology so listen to that show uh, and many shows just go back and listen to them. we've had some great guests and talking about what's going on with politics and just like today bringing you some things that you're not going to hear anywhere else with ted cruz speaking on the senate floor had you heard that and now we'll get ready and play this from representative mark wayne mullen as he's uh as he's in a hearing at the u.s capitol with christopher ray the head of the fbi but before we play that i'll remind you we do have a book called bedrock truths if you haven't got that book you can get it it's written by dr ed holiday dr alveda king and dr alex mcfarland so we'd love to get that book to you if you like a copy of it just be sure to uh, uh check out our website where the book is it's www.docholiday.org holiday with two l's in it so you can go there and we'd love to get that book out to you so you can order it there and we will get that for you now uh i told you about representative mark wayne mullen let's uh take a listen to what he had to say with christopher ray uh being in the box uh, there for the uh congressional hearing last week Thanks to your attention. Uh, how many federal law enforcement officers have been injured as a result of violence and targeted violence in Portland? 
I don't have the exact number, but I know it's quite a few. Yeah, quite a few, yeah. Uh, just in June, July and June alone in 2020, there was 140 law enforcement, federal law enforcement that were injured in, in Portland. Uh, why is the FBI not more aggressively pursuing these crimes? Uh, I think we are aggressively investigating. Well, I, don't, I don't think yeah. I, if you don't know the number, I'd say that's pretty tight. I could tell you how many Capitol Police officers were injured during the riots here on January 6th, and I'm not even the one investigating it. And you don't know how many officers have been injured just in a two-month period, and you're telling me you're going to take it serious? I don't, I'm not seeing that. Um, under the Biden administration, there appears to be a wave of leniency being granted to individuals arrested for federal crimes in Portland. Federal prosecutors are apparently approving deferred resolution agreements in a number of cases and allowing perpetrators to do community service and avoid uh, jail time and criminal records. Uh, why are we seeing such a disparity between the individuals charged in January 6 and those that are charged in Portland? Well, let me answer that in two ways. I think the first part, which is probably the most important part, is that charging decisions, prosecutorial decisions, are not made by the FBI, but are made by. No, but the you make suggestions. Offices. I get that. I understand um, that. But and you that's, absolutely that's an bring important charges. distinction. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But you absolutely bring uh, um, bring the charges to them, and then they decide how they're going to charge them. Is that correct? But we investigate. We bring we investigate the facts, and, and they decide what whether to. Right. So a question about whether to defer prosecution would be a decision. By the prosecutors. Well, do you think there's a disparity between the two of how they're being prosecuted January well, 6th? Well, so that gets to the second point, which is I think, uh, you know, in many cases, charges related to the capital. Uh, that's are, not what I'm asking. Is there a difference between the two, the way they're being charged? You have 140 plus federal officers that have been injured in Portland alone. You have federal buildings that have been attacked, been burned, been stormed. And you're not treating it the same as you are with January 6th. Would you agree with that? Yes or no? I believe we are taking, we the FBI are taking a consistent approach in both situations. Consistent. The, each, each. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. You don't even know how many federal officers you've been charged. Uh, you said, um, uh, you, this is your quote, second March. We focus on acts of violence and violations of federal law. And when we see those, when we see those, we bring to bear the full weight of our resources, our, ex, our experiences and our partnerships. Are you bringing your full weight and resources against those organizations that support, finance, facilitate against the White House when it was stormed? We have a number of investigations related to the violence that occurred over the course of the summer. I think that's what you're referring well, to. Well, I'm right? just, just specifically talking about the White House. I mean, there was a big deal. There was 67 Secret Service officers were injured during the left-wing assault and assaults that happened simultaneously with Antifa throughout different cities. Are you bringing the full weight to that? We, we mobilized scores and scores of personnel in response to the activity during the period you described, and I was personally on scene down uh, in D.C. at the Washington Field Office Command Post way into the night, night after night during that no, whole stretch. Knowing that Antifa was behind that, yet you said in a statement that Antifa does not exist as a national organization. Are you trying to explain away Antifa and their definition, or do you believe Antifa actually exists? No, sir. Antifa is a real thing. It is not a fiction. And we then take why did you say that seriously. Antifa, this is your quote, Antifa does not exist as a national organization. That's your quote. I don't believe that's a direct quote from me, but what I can yeah, tell yes, you. Yes, sir, it actually is. Sir, what I can tell you is that we have seen adherence to the Antifa movement who organize at the tactical level, locally and regionally, in what you might call small nodes. So you do, so you do believe Antifa exists? 
I have consistently said Antifa exists. It's a real thing, not a fiction. I know specifically that I've said that. Well, I, I appreciate testimony. that because we, we've reviewed many large binders full of information about people being arrested in, in Portland. And uh, by viewing their social media sites, uh, by viewing what they've been saying, they, Antifa is clearly coordinating uh, their finances, clear, coordinating their hotels, coordinating their travel uh, throughout the whole thing. And, and which brings me to, has the FBI invested resources to examine how Antifa is identifying people operating in different cities, how, many, how much the money or where the money comes from, um, how they're supplying the makeshift weapons, protective gear, planning and coordination? We are using our joint terrorism task forces to investigate things like tactics, funding, logistics, So you're, targeting, you're using that your resources to, to identify Antifa and go after them? Yes, sir. All right, with that, I yield back. Thank you, sir. Well, I'm glad we got one congressman at least who will hold the FBI director's feet to the fire about double standards. Um, so I, I just have to say conservatives have got to stand up. They've got to put their foot down. They've got to make sure that we are trying to get as fair as we can in this country because it's being, you talk about privilege the liberal privilege of having all the mass media, all the social media, Facebook, Twitter, uh, all these accounts that are just obviously far left. It, it, there's not anything fair. There's a liberal privilege. There's a socialist privilege in this country at this point. That's just all you can say. And... Where it goes, we'll continue to watch it right here on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. Let me get to Crypto Corner real quick for those who are listening about cryptocurrencies. Those uh, you may say, hey, I don't want to know anything. I'll turn this program off now. But listen, there's one coin out there that went crazy last week called Dogecoin, D-O-G-E-C-O-I-N. And it, it was made as a joke several years ago. Uh, it comes off what they call a fork. And and it has just been upheld. It's got a community that uh, just appreciates it, praises it, but it has no technology that differentiate differentiates itself from other coins out there. But it's got a loyal following that has done remarkably pushing this coin and the people to buy it. Elon Musk, the world's richest man at one time, it goes back and forth <laughs> with uh, Amazon's uh, Bezos. But I just have to tell you that uh, this coin, Dogecoin, has done some crazy things. Now, uh, I don't own any of it, but it's it, following it is actually uh, been fun just watching what's going on. Now, does it mean we are in a seriously flawed financial system where a coin that is a cryptocurrency has a big following they pushed it in the top 10 of all cryptocurrencies uh i i don't know does that mean we're at a market top probably not when you look at all there's about five thousand different coins out there in, in cryptocurrencies and the first two thousand probably have uh, some kind of market cap all the little ones after that not much market cap at all but i'm just saying dogecoin d-o-g-e-c-o-i-n if you want to watch something for even fun just follow it and see how it goes up and down check out what they say about it in the communities on facebook or 
if you got discord reddit and just see how they operate how they talk are they pumping it up probably so but it is moving and it, will it fall it may may not i don't know a lot of people said they'd never get this high at 30 cents higher and higher um listen just uh if you if you don't care anything about cryptocurrency or bitcoin again just following this for a little bit of fun you can go to different sites or just google d-o-g-e-c-o-i-n and uh follow some things and just see sort of some of the crazy part of cryptocurrencies that's what i'd say for this week on crypto corner and just remember we'll be right here next week on doc holiday's rock splitting politics i will see you then Thanks for joining us today, and remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen, or visit DocHolliday.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.